Welcome to the Swallow Your Pride podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Richard. I'm a board-certified specialist in swallowing and swallowing disorders, and I know firsthand how much confusing and conflicting information there is out there about how we assess and treat swallowing disorders. This podcast is all about bringing everyone together, getting on the same page, being open to new ideas, and using evidence-based treatment strategies for our patients with dysphagia. So let's get into it. Hello, everybody. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different from, well, kind of anything that I've ever done before. Um, So I really haven't done many solo episodes. I think the thought of that just scares the living crap out of me. Um, And (laughs) which is funny because I think, you know, I get a lot of messages from people that are like, you're so fearless. How did you think to start this podcast? And Really, I just asked a bunch of my friends if we could talk and discuss things and record it. And that's really kind of how the whole thing came to be. So I don't, doing the podcast doesn't stress me out because I put more pressure on my guests than I do (laughs) on myself, I feel like. You know, I just ask the questions and let them talk. But anyways, today I'm going to talk, I'm going to get a little bit vulnerable with you guys. And, you know, I want to talk about really what this podcast has exposed kind of over the last year and a half that we've had it going. And the messages that I get from everybody is just, I had no idea about that. I had no idea that existed. Why didn't I get that training in grad school? And I think it's so easy to almost play victim and blame the system and blame everything that's gone wrong and, you know, you didn't get a good education, you didn't have a good clinical fellowship, you don't have any mentors where you work, uh, nobody helps you, there's HIPAA reasons so you can't get help from other SLPs. I think there's just a laundry list of reasons why people think that they don't have a fulfilling career. And something that's always, I guess, kind of been different about me (laughs) is that I, I, like, I hate that. I can't stand when people play the blame game. And if people, if you email me and you say something like that, you probably don't get a response from me because I don't play into those kind of blame games. It's really multifactorial and there's a lot of moving pieces as to why our field is where we are. But what good does that do, right? So we've acknowledged that we've got some gaps in our learning. And now we've acknowledged it, so we've got to move forward. So, like, at what point do you put the responsibility on yourself? And I think that's something that I always try to do in every situation is I could get so mad at the system, I could get so frustrated, I could be so angry that, you know, this rehab director didn't give me my hours or is making me see this patient that doesn't deserve therapy and But what good does that do, right? So I try to reframe it as to how can I make this situation better? And I think when you reflect on that question, there's a whole crap ton that we could be doing better. And I think from the more people that I talk to, and even the more that I'm out working in the field and, you know, out doing mobile fees, I encounter some of the just, I just love the group of SLPs that I work with right now. I, I single-handedly adore every single one of you. <laughs> and I learn something new from all of them, which is really humbling. And I think, you know, sometimes you don't know what you don't know till you know you didn't know it, right? Um, 
I had no idea that I really literally know nothing about like dysarthria. I mean, that was like a huge wake up call for me. Like I look at some of the SLPs, you know, I go in and I do mobile fees, but then they're also working on these dysarthria goals, these motor speech goals. And I'm like, oh my God, did I literally sleep through that class in grad school? And I think, like I said, you don't know what you don't know till you know you didn't know it. And I really wanted to make it a priority myself because I work with these different types of people. I work with patients with dysarthria. I work with patients with dysphagia. And they're coming to these facilities and they're expecting to get help, right? And sure, you can say, well, I didn't get good training. Nobody taught me that in grad school. But at what point do you take responsibility for your career? And at what point do you take responsibility for your patients and getting them help and getting them better? And we always go back to, what if this was my family member? What if this was my grandma? And she's coming to this facility because she hears there's a top-notch SLP here, but she can't even communicate with any of us. How, how crappy is that? Right. So I really I've really just been on this whole kind of journey over the last couple of years to try to take responsibility for everything in my life. And what I've discovered is, you know, obviously starting my own business, starting my own blog, starting the podcast, a lot of this stuff. This is some really deep down work. Right. This is a lot of like personal development stuff that I just have to get over my fears and you know, as cliche as it is, swallow my pride and be vulnerable and put myself out there, but knowing that it's for a bigger impact. And it doesn't matter how uncomfortable it makes me feel. It's for the betterment of the patients. And it's because this is a job that I wanted to get into. This is a career that I wanted to get into because I I don't really think there's anything else in the world more powerful than communicating and eating. So Anybody <laughs> anybody else can beg to differ. I'm sure any other doctors feel the same way. I'm sure there's a million professions, but that's how we should feel about our career. And we should want to be so fulfilled because we're helping so many patients. And what we keep finding is that we aren't feeling fulfilled and we're blaming the system. And so that's really just what I want to talk about today is what can we do to get over this and to take responsibility that you aren't perfect and that you don't know everything. And we've, I think a lot, everybody's kind of come to that point now. We realize we don't know everything. So now let's move forward. Let's get that extra help. Let's dive into some more materials and let's actually do something about it. And, you know, I think I another thing that just really drives me bonkers is when I see people that are, you know, really, they just care to take, you know, one CEU course a year, you know, I'm going to invest in one CEU course a year. And I really feel like that's like the slow boat to China. (laughs) um, You know, I, I truly don't believe in working from circumstance, you make your priorities what you make them. I personally don't watch TV, because I don't like to watch other people live out their dreams when I could be working on my own. Um, So you prioritize what's important to you. And if you only plan to spend $300 a year, yet how many hundreds of dollars can you spend on Netflix and Chinese takeout? I mean, it really comes down to your priorities. So again, I'm sorry if this is a gut check. (laughs) Sorry, this is a little more vulnerable than I've gotten before, but this has just been weighing on me. And I've, I've wanted to talk about it because people, 
ask me all these questions all the time. Like, I can't believe you take so many CEU courses and, and how do you afford it? And you honestly, you, you value, you prioritize what's important to you. And that's really just what I want to express to you guys. And sure, I, I know there's a lot of really specialty CEU courses that I love, that I'm a huge proponent of, but I don't think that's really the, the best way to get all the knowledge that you need. There's so much more information out there. So just going down the rabbit hole of getting one CEU course that can only be used to treat one specific condition is doing such a disservice to every other patient that's going to come on your caseload this year. So I think that's one thing that really has helped me with career fulfillment is is expanding my horizon and not getting sucked down this rabbit hole of I have to take every specific specialty CEU course in this specific field when there's so many other areas of things that we need to know about. And I think that's made me such a better clinician. And now that I recognize all these other things that I didn't know about. So I don't know, that's... (laughs) I don't want to sit and kind of harp on this, but I did just want to say that because, you know, people ask me like, what's, what's your secret sauce? How did you get so smart? And I honestly, truly do not think I'm that smart people. I really, truly don't. I'm just, I'm resourceful and I take responsibility for my actions. So I, I don't ever try to blame other people or play the victim or blame the system because you are 100% responsible for your life. You are 100% responsible for your circumstances. You are 100% responsible for the way you react to what happens to you. So sure, crappy things can happen to you in your life, but you're responsible for the way you interpret them, for the way you view them, and for the way that you respond to them. So I don't know. (laughs) This is a little more vulnerable than I had planned on getting today, but I just, this has been really important and I feel like I don't know, 2019, you know, everyone's like, new year, new me. But the truth is, it's like, when are you going to change? What year are you going to decide? This is the year that I'm going to take responsibility and I'm going to stop underperforming at my job and in my career. And I'm going to stop just discharging patients because they aren't making progress, but I'm not going to take responsibility for it. Like when was the last time you discharged a patient because they weren't making progress? Is that your fault? Is that the patient's fault? I kind of like to take a look in the mirror at those points because was that a patient that maybe shouldn't have been on your caseload in the first place? Was that a patient that really the dietician could have just made a diet change? Is that is that a patient that needed medical intervention before we even got involved? So those are kind of the questions I like to ask myself. And then why aren't they making progress? Is there Are there other treatment techniques that maybe you don't know about, you're not familiar with? But like I said, you don't know what you don't know till you know you didn't know it. So you're discharging this patient when there really may have possibly been a lot more things that you could do. So that's <laughs> that's that's where I'm going with this. And I, I really just want to encourage everybody to kind of take a step out of your little bubble. Like, how are things going for you? Have you been working for 10 years and you still aren't feeling career, fulfilled in your career Are you, I get so many emails from people that are like, I'm so close to leaving this field. I'm so close to leaving this field. I just want to feel inspired again. Your podcast has helped me to feel inspired again. And I'm glad that I can do that for you, but you've got to take a look at you. Like you've got to take a look at what you can do and yeah, take responsibility for your career. And, and I, you know, if you don't like your job, if you don't like your boss, you're living by circumstance. So change that circumstance. I know it can be hard when you have kids, when you have, you know, a family to raise, a, you know, spouse relying on you, but 
your happiness is ultimately what's important. Your career fulfillment is what's important. If you don't like going to work every day, do you think those patients are happy that you're the one that's coming to see them that day? No. I mean, we, I, I was talking to, to John from Simply Thick the other night, and what he kept saying was that, you know, patients don't come to us on a good day. And that's so true about our patients. Like, our, our patients are not coming to us because they're happy and they're having the best day of their life. No, they're coming to us because something crappy really just happened to them and they need us and they're relying on us to get better and get them back talking and eating again and getting them back out into the community. So if we aren't showing up for our patients, we aren't taking responsibility for ourselves in our career, that's such a huge disservice. So yeah, again, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to go out there and say it put it out, put this out there and say it like your career is a reflection of you. And if you want to improve your career, stop focusing on your circumstances, stop focusing on your job, stop focusing on your boss, work on you. What more can you do to get better? What areas are you lacking in that you can acquire more knowledge? And what more can you read up on? Because I guarantee you there's so much out there that you don't even know about because you're so stuck in your own little bubble. Woe is me working from circumstance. And I, I want you to, I want you to consider being 100% responsible for your patient's outcomes. I want you to, to think of that. And I think that's a lot of what I've learned really in the last year, even more, even more is that I, I, I take 100% responsibility for what happens to the patients that I see. And if they're not getting better, if they are not swallowing, if they are not eating or drinking, what can I do to help move that along? So do I need to have a conversation with the doctor? Do I need to have a conversation with the family? I am never just going to slap a patient on a, a slap a diet on a patient and just leave them. You know, that that's really crappy practice. And I think we have to get involved and we have to be open to having conversations with families, with doctors, with other colleagues about what we can do to help these patients move them along. I, I, it's really come to a head at, um, you know, a few facilities that I work with because just constantly, constantly we're getting reports, NPO, 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 NPO. And at what point do you step in and say, maybe there's something I can do to help this patient. Maybe I can do some oral care. Maybe I can give them some ice chips. I, what are you doing? Like, how are you fulfilled in your career if you're going to work every day and saying, nope, they can't swallow NPO, discharge them. Nope, NPO, put a peg tube in them, discharge them. I'm pretty sure there's something you can do. And I want you to be that kind of SLP. Like, I want you to be the SLP that gets the praise, gets the recognition, even gets the referrals. I mean, how great would it be to go to work and say, oh, this is Teresa. She's a really great SLP. She's going to help you get your swallow back. Or how, how crappy does it feel? I've gone into a few facilities before where they're like, oh, don't go see, don't go see Susie. Um, she'll, she'll thicken your liquids and she'll puree your food. And, you know, she might even recommend a peg tube. Like how crappy is that? Right. And I, please don't email me and tell me that sometimes that is necessary because I truly understand that is. I'm just talking about a lot of patients that are just, you know, your brain's just working on autopilot and, Every day, you see the same patients. You see the same thing on the MBS. You see the same thing on the fees. Um, you see the same thing on video strobe. You think every patient with aphasia, every treatment technique is going to work the same, and it's not. It's try time to brace time time to break burst that bubble, break the cycle. I'm getting myself all tongue twisted here, but 
you know, step off of working on, on autopilot and take responsibility for what you do know and what you can do to help these patients and step out of your shell and try to learn more. Because like I said, your, your career is a reflection of you. And if you're not happy, if you're not fulfilled, your patients know it. So, you know, I, I want to talk about a little more about what it takes to have a fulfilling career, because I think it means something different to everybody. You know, some people it's like, well, I want to be able to work three hours a day so I can get my, you know, daughter off the bus from preschool. And I want to be able to just know that I went in and got a few hours of really productive time with these patients and I helped them get their goals. You know, that's a fantastic goal to have. I'm all about work-life balance, family life balance. I'm not, people think I'm some crazy drill sergeant that works 24-7, and I'm really, truly not. I have a great team that supports me, but I'm really, I'm intentional with my time. So when I am working, I am working. When I am family time with my husband and my son, I'm family time with my husband and my son. So I, you know, encourage you to just be a little more intentional with what you're doing. And and if you are at work, give all your time and attention to these patients and don't be distracted by social media or your boss is nagging you again or you're pissed off at dietary. And I just, I want you to just be a little more intentional because I mean, ultimately it comes down to you. It's a reflection of you. And, you know, I, I, I often think of our patients, I think of our caseloads, right? And I go into some facilities where, you know, they have 14 patients on, you know, on the caseload that all have dysphagia. And I, I talked about this a little bit more, but I want to go a little more <laughs> on a tangent now. But what about those patients with dementia? And I've heard some SLPs say, well, they have dementia, there's nothing we can do about it. Or the DOR says, there's nothing you can do with those patients with dementia. Don't you dare put them on your, your caseload. You're not going to see them. Um, has anybody looked at like the ASHA scope of practice lately? Because patients with dementia, SLPs absolutely do have a role in. So, but did you know that, right? I mean, I think a lot of times I hear these things and I say, well, you know, that is within our scope of practice. Well, it says who? Well, actually ASHA says it. Um, and again, you don't know what you don't know until you know you didn't know it. So I think we've got to be a little more intentional with our careers and also be a little more intentional with our patients. I think everyone, the the whole, you know, payer sourcing is about to come to a head because we're switching a whole new payer system in, in SNFs. And I'm sure that's going to just affect all levels of care. It's going to affect acute care. It's going to affect home health. And what if, what if we were really a lot better about the patients that we did pick up? And what if we didn't pick up patients that really didn't need us? What if we didn't sit in the dining room and watch someone eat for a month straight? What if we actually did instead go pick up that patient with dementia that needs a little more help with communication? What if we did go pick up that patient with apraxia? Because now you have some knowledge and to help that patient communicate a little better. So I just want to encourage everybody to kind of step out of your comfort zone and learn a little bit more about the other areas of medical SLP that you don't know about. And if you're working, I I guarantee you, unless you're working in a very specific, specialized, you know, maybe even like head and neck cancer center, and and even those guys are working on speech. So I can't think of an example off the top of my head right now, but give me some grace. But (laughs) I think if we knew a little bit more about a lot of areas, even just a little general knowledge... I think our patients would be a lot more grateful. I think we would get a lot more, I think we'd be a lot more respected in our facilities uh, because I don't think that our directors would be pushing minutes on us that aren't appropriate. 
because there are patients that we're not seeing. So I want to get back to, let's talk about 2019. Let's talk about this new year. New year, new you, right? (laughs) I know I was like yelling that at the gym on Sunday. It was kind of pathetic, but it's how a lot of people feel. And what better time to break out of the cycle that you're feeling right now? And, you know, how have you considered leaving the field? I've get so many emails from people that say I've considered leaving the field. I don't want to do this for life. I don't want to sit and watch my patients eat. I don't want my director to yell at me that I have to pick this patient up. I want to help patients with dementia. So let's break the cycle, right? Let 2019 be the year that you break the cycle. And, you know, let me let me ask you, how, how are you feeling? Are you overwhelmed, overworked, overstressed, misunderstood, underappreciated, burnt out, helpless? Do you feel like you're worth more? Do you feel like you're doing the right things? Do you feel like you're doing what's best for your patients? And I think that's a, that's a question that I get a lot is I just don't even know if what I'm doing is helping them. I don't know what I'm doing is the best. So let's talk about what you can do in 2019 to make things a little bit better for yourself. And even beyond that, I mean, imagine five years from now, can you see yourself doing the same thing? And that was a question I asked myself, yeah, about six, seven years ago, was do I want to be doing this five years from now? And it was a resounding no. So I swerved, right? I love this field. I I remember having that conversation like it was just yesterday with my husband where he said, I feel like you hate your job. And I said, I do not hate my job. I love this career. I just don't like the situation that I'm in. So what did I have to do? I had to make a change. And if that's what you have to do, then that's what you have to do. And I had a conversation with someone the other day, and and it really, it kind of really kept me up at night, to be honest with you. And I don't like to say that because I I really try to intentionally shut my work brain down so I can sleep. But someone messaged me and said, well, you know, you know as well as I do that 99% of skilled nursing facilities are shit. And that really just, that was like a knife in my stomach because I, there's nothing further from the truth. And I know that there's some sniffs out there that are money hungry, dirty, don't have good staff, don't have good administration. That's kind of a small percentage. And the more that I work, the better facilities that I am seeing. I work with some phenomenal facilities, facilities that I would not gladly. That's, I don't ever want to gladly put one of my parents in a nursing home. But but if I had to put one of my parents in a nursing home, there's a whole handful of ones that I work with that I would be fine putting my parents in. And, you know, if you aren't happy where you are, then make a change. That's really all I can tell you. I, I don't want you to be so skewed and so beat down by this field because you've had one bad experience. And, you know, I had one lady say, well, this facility is right next door to my house. Well, that might be so convenient that you can walk out of your door and walk to work. But like if you're hating your life every day, is that two minute commute worth the eight hours a day that you're friggin' miserable? No. So if you got to drive a half an hour to a facility that you actually enjoy at being for eight hours a day, I think that makes a lot more sense. So step back and and smell the roses, people. But I... I really, I want you to do that for yourself today. I want you to reflect and see where in five years you want to be. And if where you are right now, you're not happy with, then make a change. And I, I, sure, sometimes change can be scary, but like, that's what life's all about, right? I mean, I don't know. I, things don't really scare me as much anymore. Sure, I hesitate and I, you know, I'm like, is this the right thing? But 
it's worse being stuck, I think. It's worse being stuck in a position that you're not happy as opposed to making a change because it could be the best change that you've ever made and you don't know until you do that. So I want to talk about something that I am so extremely proud of and I it's helped so many SLPs really step into their new identity as a medical SLP who is fulfilled in their career. And I want to talk to you a little bit about this project that I created called Medical SLP Collective. And we've got, I get hundreds of messages from people that say, this site alone has inspired me, has re-energized me. I love my career. I am so fulfilled in my career. And It is called The Collective because it is a collective group of so many awesome people in this field. And I'll tell you right now, I'm quite, I'm I'm really introverted. Like I, I mean, I'm legit, you guys like sitting in my attic talking into a microphone. I talk into my computer all by myself. Like I'm really not like a people person when it comes down to it. But like I'm introverted, but I'm a super connector. I want to get to know everybody that's doing the best things in the field. I, If you're doing something great, if you are so fulfilled and you're getting great results for your patients, I want to know you and I want to learn from you. And I think that's one thing that has helped me get to where I am. It's what's made this podcast what it is. It's absolutely 100% what's made the Medical SLP Collective what it is, is the collective group of incredible people that are in there. And I truly believe that you have to surround yourself with people that you want to be like, that you You want to surround yourself with those types of people. Those are the types of people I want to hang out with. I don't want to hang out in these Facebook groups where people just say 99% of sniffs are shitty. I don't want to be in that group. I want to be with people who love what they're doing, who are making a change, and who aren't afraid to make a change. So if you are not familiar with Medical SLP Collective, it's open right now. We have enrollment open right now until Friday. And it is a monthly membership site where every week we have resources in the form of handouts and videos. They are all blind peer-reviewed by university professors. So, you know, I you can't really ever say that I don't know if I can trust this resource or I don't know if this is, I think there might be something better out there. These go through rigorous blind peer reviewing. They're, most resources are written by a few different people too. So we've got a couple hands, hands and eyeballs on deck, but each resource is blind peer-reviewed by university professors. We have a Facebook group, but we also have a private forum. So a lot of people aren't even on Facebook, and I don't blame you. Um, But we have a private forum that actually also has an app. So, like, I get notifications all throughout the day from people that are asking brilliant questions about their patients or they're stuck or they're not sure what to do. And we have a team of over 20 mentors that are experts in their subject area. We have eight that are university professors. I'm going to name a few of them now. We have Dr. Natalie Douglas, who is a dementia expert, Dr. Kate Crivell with motor speech and voice, Dr. Alexandra Bazelakos with motor speech and aphasia, um, Dr. Kristen King with TBI and trach, some awesome university professors that are really contributing. They're bringing the research and allowing us to apply it clinically in real time. You know, I can't think of a better group effort than that. And I, I just named some of the, the PhDs, but we've got a whole slew of other clinical mentors, too, that uh, just blow me away with their expertise. Kelly Caldwell, Megan Sutton, Yvette McCoy. I, I know you guys, I'm leaving a bunch of you off, and please don't be mad at me, but this, this podcast, I'm totally recording on a whim. I had nothing written out for this. So if you're interested in 
leveling up your career this year and getting some more career fulfillment, I am going to encourage you to join the MedSLP Collective. It's $29 a month, $299 a year. You also do, each month we have a live webinar. So it is live, it is two hours, and it counts for ASHA CEUs. So if your stay requires that you need live courses, these live webinars do count. Now people have asked if it counts as an in-person course. It does not. It does not count as in-person. It counts as live. So you'll have to decipher that with your state. But uh, we already have 10 courses from last year that are in there, um, plus the two every month that we'll have this entire year. That's 24. Um, by the end of this year, you could get 34 hours of CEUs. That's 3.4 ASHA CEUs that you could get um, in all areas of, of MedSLP. So um trying to think of some of the other features that we do have. What we are starting to do, and I'm, I've been working on this yesterday and today, is we're forming accountability groups. So what one thing that I've learned from a lot of the members is that, you know, they've met some great people through these groups and they've really pushed each other. And I want to start a head and neck program at my hospital, or I want to start a restorative dining program at my hospital. So we are grouping people like this together that want to get shit done in their facilities. And you have these accountability groups and you have resources and you have accessibility to professors and mentors that can help you that have that have done this before that are happy to guide you. So I think it's just a great way to get to know other people in your field that are so passionate about it. I know a lot of times people say, I, I have so much passion for this field. I'm so driven, but I just work with people that are so complacent in where they've been and they've been doing the same thing for 20 years and they will not change and they will not keep up with the research and that's, that's horrible. That's such a disservice to your patients, and I'll come out and say it. And I think it's really, I, I'm not about SLP shaming, but I think when you intentionally do not keep up on the research and you really just, you know, turn a blind eye to that, I think that makes you a really crappy SLP, and I'm going to say that. But that really just pisses me off because it's such a disservice to this field. But, you know, on the other hand, I do also understand working 50, 60 hours a week, having a family to come home to, having a husband to come home to, having to get dinner on the table, sometimes there's just not time for everything. And I totally understand that. And that's really what we try to do here in the Medical SLP Collective. Every week, the resources that come out, comes out as a handout and also a 10, 15 minute video. So who doesn't have 10, 15 minutes to learn about the latest and greatest in some area of our field? I know, I mean, I've been blown away. Our dysphagia library is very extensive, but I'm blown away by the dysarthria and aphasia resources that we have because I, like I said, you don't know what you don't know till you know you didn't know it. I don't know shit about that stuff, you guys. And I, I, I'm, I'm so grateful for our contributors that contribute all this awesome information to us. And it's helped so many patients. It really, truly has. And that's what I couldn't be even more. I, I'm so happy with all that. And one more thing that we do have, well, we got a lot of other things in there, but I want to mention our done-for-you in-services. So how many times are you angry because you aren't getting the referrals or you don't know your you know, director or the nurses don't even know what you do? Um, we have done-for-you in-services. So we have an in-service that's completely done about the roles and responsibilities of the SLP. We have how to do oral care. We have myth understandings of dysphagia. So we have all these in-services that are done for you. So you literally can download the in-service. We give you the slides. We give you the handout. Delete my name. Delete the logo. I honestly don't care what you do with it. I just want people using this information 
just so we can help our patients. So those are all included in there. Nothing is ever taken away from the site. Everything is just, I, I don't have the time or energy to do that, to be, to be quite honest. We just keep adding more to it every single week. Um, I already mentioned the CEUs. I'm trying to think who we have coming up. We've got a goal writing one coming up this month. Um, we got Vince Clark talking about secretions and residue next month. We're going to have John from IDSI talk about the IDSI implementation because that's coming down the pike. Meganosal with head and neck cancer. We have Dr. Marty Brodsky. I'm trying to think who else we've got coming up. But um, we've got some great CEU webinars coming up, and I'm really I, I'm grateful to everybody that has contributed to this. And if you're considering making a change in 2019 and you want to learn more and, and you want a safe space to learn where you don't want to be judged and, and it is a-okay, we all learn somewhere. And, you know, some of these some of these posts that the people put in these groups, I am so, I am proud of them for reaching out and asking for help because that's the only way we get better. And if you're interested in signing up, you can go to medslpcollective.com. To sign up, we have a seven-day money-back guarantee. So if you get in the site and you decide, this isn't for me, there's not what I want here, that's totally fine, totally fine. I can't please everybody. Um, but you can also cancel at any time. So it's month to month. And if after a few months you're, you want to cancel, you can. So that is that. Oh, and it is, enrollment is only open until Friday. So enrollment is closing down Friday at midnight Pacific time, we'll say. I'll be up till 3 a.m. Friday night, I'm sure. But <laughs> I, I um, would encourage you to sign up if you're interested. Why is enrollment only open until Friday? Because it's a lot of friggin' work, you guys. Between yesterday and today, I've answered over 76 questions. Um, and they're not questions that I could have answered, you know, in social media posts. They're just really specific questions that people want answers to. And I'm happy to answer those. It's just... Uh, going through this enrollment process, I can't be constantly answering all these questions. So that's why enrollment's only open for a week. So if you're interested in joining, please join us. I don't know when it's going to open up again, probably summer. Uh, people are asking and I, I honestly don't know. We'll kind of see how it goes. Um, so if you're interested in joining, go to medslpcollective.com right now and sign up. And I hope you'll join us because we have so many great people in there. And I think what I love so much about this group is that I've never had a single complaint. I've never had to kick anybody out. I've never had to delete a post. Um, it's just a wonderful group of professionals. And, you know, even, even some of the moderators and some of the mentors have said this is exactly what I've wanted to do. I've always wanted to be able to teach and to, to relay the research so that it's clinically applicable. And I'm so proud of that. And it's like I said, if you're someone that's a bully, if you're someone that blames the system for all of your failures, if you're somebody that's, you know, just working by circumstance, then this clearly isn't for you. But if you're someone that wants to make a change this year, wants to go after a more fulfilling career, please, please, please come join us. And I won't blab anymore, but I hope you guys join us. I knew it was going to be a game changer. Uh, I needed those like easy snippets of knowledge um, that were brought to me, but I knew what I was reading was good information. I wasn't having to question whether it was peer reviewed um, and uh, it was it's offered in a, a systematic way. So, yeah, I don't have to go hunting for it. It's just so easy and uh, I don't necessarily consider myself a great or even some days a really good um, speech therapist. Um, 
but I'm trying, uh, I'm learning. And I think taking the steps to sign up was a step just toward, you know, me, um, looking for confidence. It was a step toward saying I'm not okay with, with, uh, with mediocrity and, and pseudoscience. Um, and it's a step toward the possibility of me staying in SLP for years to come because I, I'm not so burnt out, um, because I actually believe in myself and in my own practice. So, um, I guess, uh, thank you. I truly feel confident and I have advocated for my patients so much with some of the resources and the things that I learned from this community. I mean, I'm never embarrassed or ashamed to ever ask any questions in the group. And, you know, it's a place to learn and grow and really to rely on each other. I mean, it, what kind of place or what kind of community can you go to that has everything you need in one place? And the ability to freely exchange your experiences, the evidence-based practices, and just really grow and learn with each other. So, Teresa, you have created a wonderful community, and I I tell everyone about it. <laughs> I tell, you know, any SLP in the medical field about it, even people not in the medical, SL, in the medical <laughs> SLP field. I tell them about all these great resources and how I learn. You know, we're constantly learning new things every day from this group. And I, I love it. So thank you for giving me the confidence I need as a newer clinician to really advocate for myself and my patients. And I think it's only going to continue to get better. So thank you, Teresa. And I love the Medical SLP Collective. It's a resource that I've been using for a few months, and I absolutely love it. Um, I've been practicing for, it'll be 29 years next week. Um, and it's still, you know, no matter how much you practice and how much you learn, there's always so much more to know because you know, our field is expanding. And so it's really helpful to have a resource that you can go to and quickly find information that you can trust and, and, and rely on. Um, I haven't even touched half the stuff that's on that website. There's, there's so many resources, but there are a few that really stand out to me. So one is, you know, we're all pretty busy. We have you know, high productivity standards, yet we still have to deliver things like in-services. And so on the website, they have done-for-you in-services. So for a variety of topics, you can go on there. There's a video that introduces it that um, you can utilize. There are slides that you can use for your presentation, the handouts to give to, you know, staff members, you know, patient, family. I mean, it's all laid out for you. Everything is referenced. Everything is evidence-based. So, again, it's information that you can, you can trust to be accurate. And, of course, you, can, you, know, you always add your own things to that. But it's just really nice to have that foundation, that shell, to, um, to save a lot of time so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. I, am, I also like they have things not just like how to do therapy or how to do evaluations, but there's you know practical things like how to establish rapport within your facility. So um, there's a, like almost like a mini course, a you know, handout that talks about just, you know, if you are new at a facility and they have always done things the same way for years and years and years, and here you come with your fresh new ideas that nobody wants to listen to, there's some really practical suggestions on what to do to make those changes that you need to make to uh, offer your best practice to your patients. And I would say probably one of my most favorite parts of the website would be what's called the clipboard. So the clipboard is 66 pages of really quick reference material. So, for example, there's a chart that talks about medications that affect swallowing, and, and so it's listed out the types of medication and the effect they can have on swallowing. There's uh, pages and pages on esophageal dysphagia, and again, it's, it's laid out in a very user-friendly manner um, with charts and graphs. Uh, let's see, there's you know lab values that affect swallowing, 
there are things on cranial nerves, a lot of information on cranial nerves because you know not everyone is doing that as part of their assessment. And so it, the, um, the chart tells you, you know, how to test the cranial nerves and what the implications are when there's damage to those cranial nerves. There's a clinical swallow evaluation uh, chart, for example, that talks about all the components that are necessary for a really thorough uh, clinical swallow evaluation. And then the uh, information as far as swallowing therapy, again, you know, another chart, things are you know, very user-friendly. There's a chart that shows you, like, okay, for each physiological um, thing that you find uh, that's impaired based on an instrumental assessment, here are some evidence-based exercises that you can utilize to address those um, physiological impairments. Let's see, um, dysarthria, there's a chart that has the different types of dysarthria, and again, it, it it gives you information as far as, like, you know, from a neurological standpoint, like, you know, what are some of the causes and gives you some really useful information to address those things. So, I mean, I could go on and on. You know, there's CEU courses. I know those courses are excellent. Um, the, the researchers are, you know, really the top of the game. They have great handouts to go along with it so that you can always, you know, go back to that handout and rem remember the information that you learned. So again, if you're on the fence and you're wondering, you know, is it worth it to pay this annual fee or to pay the monthly fee for this source resource? Yes, it absolutely is. Um, I would, you know, I would plan to probably be a member forever because I know there's always going to be more information. It doesn't just stay still. That that site keeps growing and growing, and Teresa is always, you know, evolving as far as the information that she provides for us. So I really you know, hope you join me and. Uh, we've got a great uh, private forum. There's an app to go with the forum, so it makes it easier to keep up with all the things that are being posted. So, again, you know, I, I say do it. The Med SLP Collective has been incredible. I mean, words really can't express how meaningful it has been uh, allowing me to transition from pediatrics to adults virtually seamlessly. I mean, the amount of support and resources that are available at my fingertips have been essential in allowing me to transition with such, such confidence. Um, I would not have been able to do it without the Med SLP Collective. Um, my confidence as a clinician is through the roof. The CEUs are fantastic. I'm so excited to continue to learn with the Med SLP Collective. So if you would love to hear more of these episodes and get some easily digestible bites of swallowing knowledge, then please leave a review on iTunes or pledge a small amount on patreon.com forward slash swallow your pride because that is what keeps these episodes coming. Also, don't forget to subscribe, share with your closest colleagues, and show notes will always be available to download over on swallowyourpridepodcast.com, where you can also be notified of the latest podcast episodes. Also, credit to Stephanie Jacobson for her incredible editing skills, and thank you so much to all of you for listening.